Hello, now welcome to the show. Just before we crack on, I just want to double check. Do you want to get confident on camera, be irresistible to those you're talking to and speak online with confidence and ease? Well, grab my new online course, Calm On Camera, the pre-recorded series now. Over the course of four sessions, we'll be really getting clear on why it is that you're showing up online and how to do it in a way that works for you. So head to amylayton.teachable.com and enter the promo code IRRESISTIBLEPRESENCE for 10% off now. Hello and welcome back to episode number five. Now today I'm talking to Sophie French who is a master NLP practitioner and an EFT practitioner and we are talking all about leaning into your gut and listening to your intuition and we're talking about how to get the confidence to make those decisions that we might well know deep down that actually would be really beneficial for us to make. Just as a reminder, if you enjoy this, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to spread the word so that others can benefit from this podcast too. All right, enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to episode five. I cannot believe that we are on episode five of Irresistible Presence already. And you guys are getting to know the format of how this works now. So I have another gorgeous guest joining us today and we have just done an absolute banger if I may say so myself an absolute banger of an Instagram live and so I'm really excited to continue the conversation on on the podcast now so I am talking today to the gorgeous Sophie French hey Sophie hello hi lovely thank you for having me this is very exciting It is very exciting. It is. Um, And yeah, we just thank you so much for joining me on the Instagram live that we just did. And it's, it's so it's been so fantastic to talk to you because you are a master NLP practitioner. Have I said Mm -hmm. that the right way around? NLP master practitioner. Yeah. And you are also an EFT emotional freedom technique practitioner as well. What on earth does that mean? past all the abbreviations can you tell us a little bit more yes yes definitely yeah it's always I'm like oh I have these this title but what is it actually um so NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming and it is all about how our brain is wired and the language that we use and how we talk to ourselves and how we can really reprogram our subconscious stories that we were programmed with to make whatever changes that we want in our lives and emotional freedom technique is really about the emotions and memories that we store in our bodies it's also known as tapping and it really helps to remove and release any blockages and blocks that we have that we've kind of picked up throughout our lives that are getting in the way of whatever we want in the present now so I work mostly with business owners so it's very much applied to business a a holistic approach if you like to you know we don't just look at the business it really comes down to the human being what do they want how are they feeling and what are those specific subconscious stories that are getting in the way of the experience that they're having in their business and how do we change those so yeah. Mm. So how can we kind of take a leap of faith and and jump into what what exactly it is that we want? Yes. Okay. So thank you for introducing yourself. Thinking of things that we want. 
Sophie French, I've got a few quick fire questions, which I've not prepped you for on purpose. So (laughs) we'll see how they go. And if we have to stop, then that's fine. But we'll give them a go. All right. But they should be fairly straightforward and easy, I'm hoping, which is why I've not given them to you in advance. (laughs) So, all right. Very important question, first of all. This is all food related, okay? Okay. Because priorities in life. All right. Um, So, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Oh, great question. I'd have to say breakfast. Okay, interesting. Why Mm. breakfast over lunch and dinner? Um, I find it delicious to look forward to. And I usually like fast. So, I really, it's more of a brunch. And it's like something that I look forward to and I can't wait to just have something delicious that sets me up for the day. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. So thinking along that theme then, are you a sweet breakfast person or a savoury breakfast person? Oh, definitely a savoury. I love um, avocado, toast, anything that's just savoury and delicious but also usually like a sweet juice or something to kind of add to that Mm, okay all right so one more question along those lines if you were to go to a cafe or a restaurant and I know that you're in Bali at the moment so this can be whether you're in Bali or you can choose to have it in the UK back at home what would your favorite dish be to order for breakfast or brunch oh yes (laughs) um well yeah that's so apparent right now in Bali because that's all I seem to do every day just go for breakfast every day which is a dream (laughs) um so right now my faves are a dragon fruit smoothie which is delicious and so pink that it's beautiful um and I would have a like a fruit bowl, fruit granola, yogurt, all kind of packed in with all the fruits, all the flavours, all the colours. Oh my God, that sounds incredible. Yes. Incredible. How does it compare to an English breakfast? I mean, I know oh. you can't compare the two. Yeah. This is, is not no part of one of the quickfire questions. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's curious. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't compare. I do enjoy a um, cooked breakfast a lot. But it feels like here I like, you know, to feel a bit glowy. And these are the things that help me feel glowy. And an English breakfast mm. sometimes doesn't make me feel so glowy, as delicious as it is. So that's the comparison, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're going to feel much better after eating lots of fruits and gorgeous brightly colored things as opposed to hush browns and baked beans and eggs and whatever else you have whether it's veggie or meat that's been fried off you're gonna you're gonna feel a bit you're gonna feel a bit sluggish really aren't you yeah that's it although even as you talk about it I'm like oh I do miss that with a big (sighs) cup of tea like I've talked about already (laughs) um so yes you can take the girl out of England, that's for sure. Well, Sophie, as I said to you, I will go to the post office and I will put a mug in the post with a packet of tea of your choice. Perfect. <laughs> I would love that. And then you'll be ready to go. I don't think sausages and baked beans are quite going to make the journey. 
Yeah, I don't think they travel well. I can wait. No, I go. don't. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Mm. <laughs> so, um, Thinking about, I, I just, I love to ask those questions because actually it just, I think it's a really nice conversation starter. Yeah, and I think something that I am with these conversations that I'm having that I'm really trying to get past. And I know that I've mentioned to you before we started recording is this idea that we all have to be perfect mm. and we have to show the perfect shiny side of ourselves you know the Instagram filtered mm -hmm. life is wonderful side of ourselves because actually we are all human mm. and I mean with life in general and with business and personally and professionally you know we all have our ups and downs and something that I especially and this is this has come out of something that I really felt and something that actually a lot of people that I was working with felt too was that idea of what well, everyone's confident the whole time when everyone gets online there's no or there's very little real vulnerability and honesty everything's filtered everything's pre-recorded mm -hmm. everything's you know preset and pre-done so that we can put the best version of ourselves out there mm -hmm. but actually then there's this real disconnect between what is real and what is not Mm -hmm. so something that I'm really trying to do is explore this idea of confidence and what what confidence means to people and you know what relationship they've had with confidence alongside mm -hmm. hearing about all your work that you do and I'd love to hear all about your relationship and your story and your work that you do as well mm -hmm. just to get a nice picture of exactly how you found everything to do with getting confident and being online and showing up and showing up for your business as well as yeah. what we can put into place too mm -hmm. that was a very long-winded way of me getting to the question that I'm going to ask you next which is that idea of well I guess what does confidence what does confidence mean to you mm, yes such a great question I would say that confidence to me means a self-trust, a trust in ourselves that we are the authority on us, that we make the decisions that are best for us, that we don't need to put ourselves out to a panel of judges to kind of trust what we need to do or get advice for, from other people necessarily. Um, I think it's often kind of misconstrued that confidence is a external thing or something that you either just have or you don't have but I think really for me the more I have trusted in myself and seen evidence that it's safe to trust in myself and that that's the best thing to do the more and more confident I have felt and that's and it feels like an internal feeling of confidence as opposed to a external kind of measure of you know being extroverted or introverted or any of those things it's more how are you feeling in yourself as the authority on your life your business your relationships so yeah that is my long-winded answer to what confidence means Thank you. I think there's there's this real perception sometimes, isn't there, that actually 
extroverted being an extrovert and confidence go together mm. and being an introvert and shy go together so I I love what you were saying because that is that is totally a myth and I loved what you were saying about how actually it is more to do with a feeling yeah and I think we can quite often and again this is coming from my own personal experience we can quite often get so caught up in labels and what people think of us and mm. how we should be in accordance to what the world tells us to be so for example being on that introverted extroverted scale or being within a model that has been created by a psychologist in the 60s or whatever it is so in terms of that that feeling then what has been your journey to getting to a point where you can go okay well I know that this is how confidence feels for me I mean have you always been that way or is it is it come out of lots of different things that have been going on for you Mm, yes I would definitely say it has come out of so many things I I feel like as children we are often you know confident in that we look to express ourselves in the world in a certain way we kind of have no filters no anything and I was definitely like that as a child but very quickly we learn how how do we need to be how do we need to show up in the world who do we need to be to be accepted to be liked to be loved to have all of these things and that kind of we carry those things and it's often what are other people's view of me and and we kind of carry that very much so which turns into this like what I think one of the bigger biggest kind of confidence cripplers is a fear of what other people are thinking of us or saying about us or how they're judging us and I would say for me one of the key things that I really learned that helped me with this because I had all of these stories in my head about what are other people thinking of me what are they saying about me and it was constant it would drive me mad teamed with how awful I was being about myself and therefore I was assuming the rest of the world were being just as terrible which is never the case like we're always <laughs> going to be the person that's being the worst about ourselves and I really, once I learned that actually we are totally making up what we think other people are or are not thinking about us. And the moment that that kind of dropped in, of like, I have no idea what that person is thinking. So am I going to dictate who I'm being and how I'm showing up because of this made up story? Or could I decide differently and I used a tool which is really simple three words which is to assume the best you know we can make up what are people thinking of us and we automatically assume they think I'm this they think I'm awful they think I'm too much they think all these things but what about the things that are nice what what if they might be thinking you're really friendly or you're really open and approachable you know we rarely think in that sense and when this really dropped in for me was a really key time that helped me stop that mean inner monologue because I then 
saw I had a choice. I could decide that this person was thinking these horrible things and therefore be scared to be me. Or I could assume that they liked me because I'm making it up either way. And this was like a, a small but really, really powerful shift that I found was a, the first kind of key to unlocking this feeling of self-trust, like having a more confident sense of self, particularly when it comes to how are other people viewing me? I could, I could decide, I could make that up. I could just make that something that felt good. And using that practice has been incredible for, yeah, cultivating that feeling of confidence which for me is about an inner monologue that actually now says you're okay like you're doing well maybe they thought this but that's okay it's a lot softer it's a lot gentler it's for the most part kind and compassionate and it's a feeling of like a knowing it's really hard to describe the actual feeling but just a knowing that even if I someone else thought something else I give myself permission to still do what my gut says or what my heart says or what I am kind of called to do and that is really what feels like confidence I'm just digesting everything Sophie, that you have said, and it it reminds me of I read I read a book years ago, and for the life of me, I cannot remember what book it was. It was probably something like a Brené Brown or something along those lines. But there's been one quote which has actually just come back into my head from what you were saying. There's there's one quote that has really stuck with me, which is that idea of everybody is doing the best with the situation that they have. Yeah. Everyone is doing the best that they can with the situation that they have. Mm. I'm gonna have to find out where that's from because it's it stayed in my head for the last like five or six years, but it's it's really interesting and it's, it's certainly helped me a lot mm. through those feelings of, well, what is everyone thinking of me and why have they, why have they reacted to me in that way? And why have they said that thing in that way? And actually what you're saying is really interesting in terms of we have a choice. Mm. So, you know, how do we think about what other people are are saying? Is it something that actually, I guess, is it something that we can control? Mm. Not really. Mm. So then how can we control how we perceive what's going on around us? Yes. And that that is such a mind shift. Mm-hmm. from as you say that feeling of trying to fit in mm-hmm. wanting to be popular you know it always comes back to school for some reason whenever I have these conversations and it's it, it you know it is really interesting but I guess it, it carries on through adult life as well and that feeling of wanting to fit in and wanting to be accepted and wanting to be popular and wanting to have I don't know whatever people's goals are 10,000 followers online or to have X amount of money in the bank or whatever it is. 
there are all these external expectations that we might think are our expectations of ourselves. Mm. But actually, when we come to the core of it, what is it that that we want, that we really want? And I think we forget that quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, totally. I think that's exactly it. We totally forget, you know, we have been trained, like you say, through school in particular, our most formative years between the age of zero and seven years old is the time where we learn, you know, how to be popular or not be or what that really means for us and what confidence should look like and we don't actually get asked the question very often what is it that you want to do we're just sort of put on this path and so it's a very hard question to answer you know I work with adults naturally and for a lot of people it isn't a question that they've been asked that they've ever even considered because we've so set up to look outside of ourselves for what should I be doing what should I be perceived to be doing what should success look like and these are all totally areas that can knock us off our feeling of of confidence of of showing up as who we really are and what we really want when we're measuring it against something external that doesn't come from ourselves. Mm. And I guess, uh, you know, it's interesting that you asked that question to adults because I think, I guess one of the only times that we are asked it and we may answer really truthfully and honestly is in those formative years as kids, mm. you know, what do you want to be when you're older? Yes. And you know, I don't, I don't know what yours was, but mine was certainly I want to be like a nurse or a paramedic. You know, I want to do something that helps people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess you see other people's reactions to that, and you yeah. gauge other people's reactions. And from then on, and I mean, I'm sure it starts before that as well. But from then on then I, I guess you start to understand how other people's perceptions to what you want um, comes into play and how what you want then alters because of that. Mm, yes, totally. What did you want to be when you were younger? <laughs> Just um, out of curiosity, do you yeah, remember? What did I want to be? I know I wanted to be a journalist and oh, cool. I always wanted to be a singer or a something like performing kind of on stage and a radio host um so a combination of of (laughs) random things um and at one point a makeup artist so I really moved around wow each time people would told me like to be a journalist oh you're you're not cut out for that or you're not hard enough for that you're a bit too soft to do things like that so I even remember you know as all of us I imagine have experienced at some point someone giving their completely unsolicited feedback but we're not kind of taught that you don't have to take it on we're not taught Mm. that um another quote from Brene Brown the queen of quotes queen queen b yeah is around (laughs) that you know, if you're not also in the arena getting your ass kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. And that oh, is I so, love that quote. Isn't it just it just gets you like, oh my gosh, that's so true. How often yeah. do we take feedback or advice from people that 
actually have no idea or are not in our industry or don't know how we really feel. It's so interesting how often we just do that. We could ask someone in the street, like, what do you think I should do? And listen to them <laughs> over ourselves. But so many people are living their lives like that, but perhaps running their businesses like that with what they're seeing online and what other people are saying they should do. But when we bring it back to, you know, yeah, other people's feedback, we don't have to take it on. We can also mm -hmm. say, cool, thanks for letting me know what you think or what your views of the world are or what you don't think you'd be cut out for. And you can have that back. And I'm actually going to either find someone who uh, tells me what I want to hear and just agrees with me um, or to just listen to myself, to listen to, okay, well, thanks for that, but I'm going to go with what I think and feel. Do you know what? When I have kids... I think, and I'm going to curse myself, I'm sure, mm. if I ever actually choose to do this, but in an ideal world, and I'm sure there'll be people listening to this with kids going, <laughs> don't be ridiculous. But in an ideal world, when I have kids, I would love to raise them to be able to say that from quite an early age. Mm. And again, I'm sure I will kick myself because I'm sure parenting in that style is an absolute nightmare. And again, I guess that's part, I guess that's part of a deeper conversation, but you know, I wish I'd been taught that from such a young age because it's only something that I have started discovering within the last couple of years. Mm. And I think back to all the times where I could have gone, thank you for your opinion, but actually I'm I'm not asking for it. I'm asking for some support or I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just airing what I think and I'm just telling you what I think. I'm not asking for an opinion. And I think there is such power in that there is such power but it is something that we are not taught to say yeah not at all mm -hmm. yes absolutely gosh can you imagine what the world would be like if we were all taught how to do this how to hold space for each other listen to each other and just kind of be open to asking someone else well what do you think you should do rather than kind of feeling this need to jump in and give our feedback mm. or our advice actually everyone knows their own individual answers and there's so much power when we give that space to other people and when we give it to ourselves and we say I know who's going to be the best person to answer this decision about my life I think it might be me <laughs> yeah and just taking back that control yeah. absolutely just taking that control as as much as everyone else has got our best interests at heart yeah. and that's what it is isn't it it's that other people care it's actually just being able to trust ourselves and that that gut instinct that we have yeah so I mean I guess if this is something that is so totally new to us you know mm. if it's something that we've never done before or it might well be that we are listening to this and going do you know what actually I deep down I know that I need to start listening to myself but mm. I don't know how on earth to start doing that because to be able to go to somebody actually do you know what thanks but no thanks to your opinion that's mm. that's quite a big shift if you've never done it before mm -hmm. so how how would you suggest that people can get started with this how can we get cracking on this if it's something that is totally new to us what can we do 
Mm, yes, great question. I guess the first thing that comes up here is really thinking about the stories that we tell ourselves initially and the other people are telling us because when we know that everything that we believe and everything that other people tell us that's just based on what we've been conditioned to believe and when we move out of our own way or or learn how to listen to that and question what we are telling ourselves there is so much power in that first and foremost so some key questions to be asking yourself you know when someone when you are thinking of, I really want to do this, but I can't because someone said X, Y, and Z, or I can't because of this, to be asking the question, like, who says, you know, who says that I can't do this? And chances are you will get like, oh, my mum once told me this, or a te- random teacher at school years ago told me yes. this. Yes, yeah, so yeah. Came up. Or thinking about, like, how do I know? Because a lot of the time we say, okay, well, this isn't going to work, or I'm never going to get that job, or I'm never going to get that promotion. And then when we can ask ourselves the question, how do I know? That in itself is a key way to be questioning these stories that we're telling ourselves, or even asking, like, how do they know? You know, well, how does that person know what they, what is best for me? And then really just exploring what are the things that we can be taking control of? What are the things that we know we've had evidence for in the past of, like we talked about earlier on Instagram around, you know, what are the the evidences of like, when I've listened to myself in the past, it has gone well, it has, I've learned something, or I've, I know that I made the right decision in hindsight. And you know, we can all say hindsight's a wonderful thing. And people just kind of dismiss it as like, oh, but that was then. And it's like, no, that wasn't just then. That's really valuable evidence is that hindsight of, well, what did that hindsight teach you to listen to yourself, to trust yourself? And when we can build up that evidence bank that says, oh, yeah, the last time I actually listened to myself and not my mom, for example, I keep bringing up my my mum, our <laughs> anyone's mum, poor mums that do this. Mums in general, parents in general. Incredible, yeah, everything. But a lot of it does come down to that. Um, but really, yeah, asking ourselves, when did I last choose myself, choose my own opinion, choose my own decision? And starting from there, because I will guarantee, even if you don't think you're very good at listening to yourself, even if you don't think you are good at following your gut instinct, chances are you've been doing it for a very long time. You will have experiences where you've thought, I just had a feeling about that and I didn't go for it or I did go for it and you will see what happens as a result. There will be so many experiences that you have had. So even just seeing that as like, you've been doing it all along naturally. So I wonder what would happen if I started utilizing this as, as we called it, a superpower. How could I be honing this more of the time? So yeah, guarantee that everyone is already doing it. It's a human thing to really know what's best for us and follow our gut instinct but when we kind of switch it on and start really listening and questioning and looking for evidence of 
when we've trusted ourselves in the past and it's worked out, then there's so much power to be had in that shift. And is that, this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous, but is that something that we can start to practice just on a really small scale on a daily basis? So if it is a case of going down the biscuit aisle in Tesco's and, you know, you've got choice paralysis because you've been asked to pick up a packet of biscuits for, you know, your mate that's coming around for a cup of tea. You know, is it something that you can you can start to practice there as yeah. well or deciding yeah. which restaurant you want to go out for food at or where you want to go on holiday? You know, I don't mm. know about you, but I spend hours trawling through like travel websites going where should I go on holiday this year and it always feels like such a big decision but is it just a case of because obviously we can look at the bigger picture and make start to think about how we can lean into these decisions with our businesses or with our personal lives so can we start practicing it on that small scale as well just to get going is that something that we can do with biscuits yes absolutely yeah definitely (laughs) I think um, there's a a phrase that comes to mind that I heard years ago by Danielle Laporte, which is, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And Mm -hmm. that in itself was so powerful for me to start making decisions with confidence, with conviction to come from that place. Even with the biscuits, if you're like, do you know what I really fancy is those? And like, it's a full body. Yes, I want those biscuits. And then our head might come in of like, oh, but they might be a bit healthier or I wonder what this person likes or all of these questions. We know, like, if you're having to think about it, it's like, no, it was a full body yes. So, like, what would happen if you listened to that and just went with it? And imagine the headspace and energy that can be cleared when we do that. And the same thing in ordering in a restaurant, you know. I will know so often that we can have choice paralysis over what do we do We'll know what we fancy. We'll know quite instantly what is it that we want when we tune in and trust ourselves. But up comes all the voices around maybe how much does this cost or what are the calories in this or what is everyone else having? Is someone else yeah. having a dessert? And yeah. actually, if we go, well, what do I fancy? What might be nice for me? And it becomes like a habit that we cultivate to go, okay and then we can just put the menu down and enjoy our conversations or just like really let up the headspace and the energy that we spend digressing and wondering and trying to consciously decide we always know we always have this compass that guides us so yeah in the tiniest details of every day we can really start tuning into What's a hell yes for me? Same as like buying a dress or going into a clothes shop, you know, and we're getting something and we're like, "Eh, I'm not really sure. Great, Mm. then it's a no. If you put something on and you're like, I love it. And it's like, cool, well then let's go for it or move to your next stage of decision-making, whatever that is, if it's price or. um, So I think, yeah, learning to to trust like what does your body say you know your body knows before your mind ever does so when we can start doing that with little things every day it becomes really fun it's really nice mm. and there's so much freedom when we do that yeah yeah and coming back to that feeling I mean my full body always says go for the chocolate hobnobs but um <laughs> totally um but it is I guess it's that that freedom of 
just knowing that you're in alignment with yourself yeah and I guess that opens up so many possibilities mm-hmm. on a small scale level on a bigger scale level mm-hmm. and from the sounds of what you're saying it's something that we can kick into action today yes. and we can we can start with with the daily things and then the more we begin to trust ourselves then we can start to do it with the bigger stuff as well yes exactly that's exactly it yeah and even you know it's it starts on an even smaller scale of like stop telling people that you don't know you know someone says do you Mm, want to go here or what do you want for tea and being like I don't really know what do you want it's like well no why don't you decide why don't you go with that why don't you make a decision um and just start small start there with spanning the phrase I don't know because we always know we just don't often have the space to really tell someone what we feel yeah that is that phrase is going to be banned from my dictionary and from my household dictionary now I don't know it's not going to be a thing anymore because actually I think that's really good practice to get into and a really good habit to get into thank you for sharing that um so thinking about then your journey and everything that you have learned and this decision-making process and confidence and trusting yourself and being in alignment, what is one thing that you would say now to your younger self if you had the chance? Mm, I love that question. I would want to tell her that you know best like you know Mm. what you want and when you learn to trust yourself in that way magic seriously happens you know you are the authority on on your own life and really allow yourself to do that you know if you were to get to the end of your life and I do a a visualization about like getting to our 100 year old self and looking back you know what are those are you going to be thinking I really wish I'd listened to what my rude aunt Susan had told me um, about my job or are you going to think oh do you know what I'm so glad I listened to myself I'm so glad I followed my instincts it's really powerful to zoom out on that so like use I would say to her use the you of the future to guide your decisions not what everyone else is saying because they've got their own agendas and while they've got your best interests at heart they're also coming from a place of their own interests and kind of what they think is best which is never going to be what you think is best necessarily Mm -hmm. trust your own power and your own magic that's gorgeous thank you so so for you just mentioned a visualization um you know where can we where can we find out more about your work because it's just it's so interesting and I think something that I can certainly take some stuff from from talking to you now where can we go and learn more about the work that you do yes yes all of the work that I do is oh you can find over on my website sophiefrench.co and I have free meditations and visualizations over there that you can nab ASAP 
um, to really tune into that, to to really cultivate that, how to be trusting in yourself, listening to yourself, because it is a practice and it's a really powerful one when we tune into it and do it. Um, and also over on Instagram at Sophie French UK is where I, like we said, I spend my life there. Um, we <laughs> feel like we live there. Yeah. So that would be a great place to find out a bit more about what I do. Amazing. Sophie, thank you so much. I think power, magic, trust and intuition are the words that are really standing out. So thank you. That's given me goosebumps as you say that. Oh. They're just like magic words. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll leave it on that note. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> oh, wasn't that just gorgeous? Honestly, when I was recording that with Sophie, I genuinely had goosebumps on my forearms by the end of that interview. So... Sophie, thank you so, so much for such a beautiful interview. I hope you guys found that useful. If you did, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And I will catch you for another five minute thought next week. See you then. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. As ever, if you did enjoy it, please do remember to rate, review and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to spread the word. And you can find the show notes for this episode over at amylayton.com. All right, have a great one. Catch you next week.